0: Uh, hi, this is uh, Pavel and Stepan uh, from Binding, and uh, we like to talk to each other so much that we decided to bring a new format uh, to, to our YouTube channel and we will try to share with you our experiences of uh, different museums, different exhibitions, different bookish locations and uh, objects and books themselves and to share with you some uh, images and uh, our thoughts on, on the matter. So, hi, Pavel, nice to see you this evening. Again. For today's topic, uh, Pavel is the main engine uh, for, for our information and uh, uh, visual materials, so I, I will pass the word to him.
1: Thanks. So, uh, recently we talked to Mark Cockram, a wonderful book artist from London, and when he was showing us his studio, uh, he was showing all sorts of things, including a one small, funny book. It was shaped like uh, uh, a bookworm, and it had holes from a worm. So, so it had worm holes all through it, and it wa- they were especially cut all through the pages. And when I saw that, I thought, what a peculiar thing to do to cut a hole into a book. And then, after we finished uh, recording, uh, uh, this image stuck in in my mind, uh, and I realized that I've seen something like that before. So to uh, show you uh, uh, what it reminded me of, I went where else but to the library. To be more precise, to the biggest library in Moscow, the fourth biggest in the world, uh, which is still called Lenin's library by uh, uh, by most Moscovites. Uh, and uh, in particular, I went uh, to, uh, to this building, one of the poshest buildings in Moscow. It's literally 100 meters from the Kremlin and overlooking the Kremlin. As you can see, the photograph is a bit dated, but the building basically looks uh, uh, the same as it did 100 years ago, or for that matter, 200. It's very, very impressive library, uh, library or not. It was built by a wine merchant at the time of Catherine the Great. They knew how to live and by 1860s, it became uh, the building where the very first public library and the very first public museum in Moscow and of Russia started. And nowadays, it's a part of a Lenin's Library, where you can see all the well. Well, well mob-
0: I I would say that uh, proper its proper name is not Lenin's right, Library. It's uh, okay, uh, Russian State Library. Russian yeah. State <laughs> Library. Yeah, so, just not to confuse people. That <laughs> okay, but, but I'm I'm sure that in in Russia and the uh, ex-Soviet Union there are still enough libraries. That are uh, that that bear Lenin's name, so yeah, just just not the main library.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't stand on Lenin Street because um, <laughs> there's yeah. a too. Yeah. yeah, so it's the part of the library where you can see all the oldest and most precious manuscripts and old printed books. It's a very precious place. Uh, So as I said, it was first opened in 1861, and when it was 50 years after the museum was opened, an antiquarian society, society of admirers of the ancient writings, you could translate its name from Russian to English, basically an appreciation society for ancient manuscripts founded by barons and princes and whatnot they were publishing uh editions of ancient russian manuscripts uh, for decades by that time and they decided to celebrate 50 years of the first public library by publishing the most exquisite copy of uh, an ancient book they could think of uh, and they chose this book uh this book is known as the Arkhangelsk Gospel, uh, named after a city in the north of the European part of Russia. It wasn't written there back when it was written there was no Russians so far to the north. It was written at the end of the 11th century, 1092 to be precise. It's the fourth oldest Russian language book in existence. It was brought in 1870s by peasants to Moscow and shown to, uh, to, to to a local bigwig who was duly impressed and uh, bought it for a substantial sum and late, later on sold it for an even more substantial sum to, uh, to the amount of museum to the library in this building. It cost of 700 rubles. Uh, to put it in perspective, uh, that would be something like 15 in today's money, uh, a substantial sum now, but even more substantial sum back then. Uh, uh, You could buy a Da Vinci, a minor Da Vinci, but you could buy a Da Vinci for that kind of money. So they didn't want uh, just to reproduce the text, not just to print photographs of uh, the pages as you uh, mostly do now and as you often did then for the very best of editions. uh, Photographs weren't uh, around for that long by that time, but they were already used uh, for this. But they also decided to reproduce uh, the outward appearance of the book, the book as an object. Uh, uh, Here's a couple more photographs. On the left, the black and white one is the original while on the right is the copy they published. You can see it's not the original, uh, only if you look closely at the pages. These are clearly not vellum. These these are made of paper. But other than that, this is very, very impressive. So much so that when you search Gospel in Russian internet, you can only find black and white and very, very dingy photos of the original. Very the Everybody prefers to share the, the, the copies photos. <laughs> basically, the copy is easier to get to and it's, uh, it's good enough. Most of us couldn't possibly tell. Yeah. Uh, I got to the library and uh, uh, after uh, a few very uh, colorful uh, old ladies talked to me and asked me why would I want such a thing. They didn't even call it facsimile. For them, it's a mock-up. They were very, very disparaging (laughs) about (laughs) this book. (laughs) It's it's pretending to be something it is not. Uh, (laughs) uh, One of them was...
0: I should say that uh, uh, nowadays, a uh, uh, hundred years later, after this uh, uh, facsimile was made, it's uh, uh, it, it has its, a lot a lot of wa- value on, on its own. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. I, I've seen it once or twice before in uh, antiquarian uh, bookshops, and it costs upward of uh, uh, fifteen hundred dollars yeah. uh, at the very least. It's not that rare. I found uh, a few dozen a dozen in public libraries all around Russia, and uh, you can find it uh, uh, being sold online. So if you're in, uh, into uh, old books, that would be a great present. Uh, I'm into good, I'm into old books, so if anyone. Has extra cash on their hands, I can provide you my mailing address. But anyway, <laughs> uh, even even back when it was published, it cost around a thousand dollars in uh, in modern in modern money. So yeah. something like a hundred golden rubles. Yeah. Which which is. An absurd amount of uh, of money uh, in the biggest uh, encyclopedia of the time. Books of uh, this publisher of this society uh, are written uh, very, very tenderly, but a bit critically. It yeah. Says something like "Brigals and the Front." They say something like "It's so expensive that you uh, almost certainly couldn't possibly buy it." <laughs> <laughs> uh some uh, some things uh, never change but then what would you expect from counts and parents who are publishing this kind of thing uh so uh it's really hard to say if the original book binding is as old as uh, uh the book itself as you can see it's very basic uh, Bindings like that were made in late uh, middle ages. Bindings like like that uh, were produced in 14th and 15th century and even in 19th century. Uh, I'm not sure uh, from technical point of view is how uh, classic this work uh, is. Maybe you could comment on that
0: well i'd say that uh, it has it has a lot of uh, medieval elements uh, uh, but
1: uh, to, me, to me it looks very basic and a quick job uh, let me show you this uh, detail this is uh, very charming i mean it looks like that on the original and they call, call, uh, copied even the length of rope and uh, the anti un- untied, untied ends of the rope this looks to me like a replacement binding for something much more impressive that was lost over time. Maybe it's not 11th century, but maybe it is. Uh, who knows?
0: Well, well, this uh, type of cord of attachment uh, uh, was used for uh, m- many types of uh, medieval bindings, including uh, gothic binding uh, or, or something like that. It may have been uh, bound uh, a bit better uh, when it was first made, but uh, I wouldn't say that it's something out of ordinary to see
1: something like that. Then again, uh, they would spend an improper amount of money to produce the original, right? Yes. It's a book written on vellum with uh, illustrations.
0: I'm not sure that uh, money really applies uh, uh, here, because uh, probably... A lot of work was done by owned uh, uh, peasants who worked in a monastery or something like that and uh, uh, owned educated peasants or or monks who may have been also uh, owned by the the monastery or something like that. I'm not sure about monetary value of of this work, but
1: yeah. It it does the job. It holds uh, the leaves together. Okay, it works. And yeah. it lasted this long, so yeah. why not? Yeah. Now here's uh, uh, here's another uh, uh, detail. They didn't just copy the binding; they copied uh, the <clears throat> shape of pages. So uh, where some parts were missing, like here, they cut it out uh, in the copy too. Yeah. But still, they reproduced uh, uh, the holes yeah. here. Uh, there is a big hole, part missing on the page, and you can see it in the original on the left too. Yeah. So the uh, the copy is very very close. And
0: I should say that uh, not always these uh, missing parts are uh, due to some damage uh, that was made to to the book. Uh, they they could have been. Uh, 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 just, just the uh, peculiarities of the vellum that was used uh, to make the book because uh, vellum doesn't have rectangular, rectangular shapes and uh, there are always uh, places that were, could have been holes in, in vellum because uh, uh, of some damages to the heights of, of the animals and uh, uh, of course I've, the read, I've,
1: I've, I've read that uh, holes this size uh, most often come from uh, mosquito bites uh, which again reminds us just how expensive uh, the material was yeah because, because it was
0: for... it was used even with the imperfections yeah
1: definitely yeah, yeah yeah even for the best books yeah and then and then finally they even reproduced the wormholes i mean <laughs> look at that isn't this fun okay <laughs> uh, so, here it is, a book from a hundred years ago, reproducing uh, wormholes from uh, 900 years further back into the past.
0: The wormholes may have been a later addition to
1: the book, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know, this as an object looks uh, almost artistic, a yeah. bit absurd. But there there is something to it. And uh, this is uh, uh, what uh, Mark's little book reminded me of. Thank you. Uh,
0: Okay, thank you, Pavel, for uh, this uh, tour. That's a fine example of uh, both uh, uh, medieval binding and uh, a modern modern true copy of a medieval binding. I'm just waiting to see what, what, uh, what you will show us next time. And uh, many thanks to all our uh, supporters, our community. You can uh, support iBookbinding on uh, Patreon uh, by joining the crowd, and uh, you will get access to lots of uh, books about books. Or you can uh, follow us on our social networks on YouTube. Uh, uh, Please uh, like and share our videos. Visit our shop. (laughs) And see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye.